Hello, I'm Alma Schneider. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mother of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. And I am Iris Miller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and the proud mother of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising children with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms, No Fluff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Moms, No Fluff, the podcast in which we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. I am Iris Miller, and I'm here with my lovely, smart, knowledgeable, and fun-to-be-with partner, Alma Schneider. Hello, Alma. Hello. Thank you, my lovely friend. Beautiful, smart, talented, and uh, always always ready for an adventure friend. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank as you. Always. Thank you. Uh, we have a, a, a topic that we've touched on many times in our different podcast episodes, but we're kind of going to consolidate it today. We are going to be talking about allies and allyship. So I thought it would be a good idea to start off, if it's okay with you, Iris, with a definition from Merriam-Webster Dictionary that defines an ally as one that is associated with another as a helper, a person or group that provides assistance and support in an ongoing effort activity or struggle and it says in recent years the term has been adopted specifically to a person supporting a marginalized group and i dare say that the disability community is indeed a marginalized group so a lot of a lot of thoughts came to mind when we decided to to talk about this and um because there has been a lot of recent discussion about allies, you know, for the the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and other movements, the LGBTQ plus movement. Um, And one of the uh, points or tenets that come that 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 really jump out at me um, is the idea that being an ally, in addition to everything that I just read from the definition, is that it's really important to to listen to the person or the population that you want to be an ally for, as opposed to simply acting on their behalf without their um, uh, without their consent or approval. And one example came to mind for me in that situation uh, was, uh, and this happens a lot, people who are well-intentioned and they feel like they're an ally because they're well-intentioned, but there's sort of, a, you know, a fine line there or not such a fine line. And a story uh, came back to me from many years ago, probably about 30 years ago. I used to work with a woman who had uh, gotten hit by a car and um, she told she uh, was pretty much unable to use her her uh, arms or legs um, efficiently. She could still, she could still do a lot by herself. She did use a wheelchair. And I remember her, uh, relaying a story to me about how furious she was that she was about to get on a New York city bus 
and someone tried to help her with her wheelchair without her permission and how she started screaming at the man who was helping her. And I remember thinking, wow, well, that doesn't sound, you know, I didn't say this, but I was like, wow, well, he was just trying to help her. But now as a full grown adult with a child with a disability, I see it in a very different way. He did not ask her. He did not presume competence, which is a very important concept to presume competence and ask first. He did not ask her if she needed help. He simply just started helping her. And it was infantilizing to her and insulting. So that's just a little example of, um, of, of uh, how not to be the best ally that you can be. That it, it well-intentioned is great, but to really, and I understand that this might be, um, that are talking about this might scare people into maybe not being allies because they don't want to do the wrong thing. So what we're going to try to do in this episode is to explain a respectful, more productive way of being an ally instead of just doing what you think is best, because it's really important to ask people who are disabled and people in the disability community, family members maybe, um, how to go about certain situations. Yeah, I think that uh, the point that you were raising, Alma, about listening is really important because uh, in our space, it's very easy to assume. And a lot of, uh, a lot of times it's uh, very hard for people to understand the intricacies of a specific uh, disability group or specific uh, uh, group that has needs that are very different than what people are used to. And I find it, um, in, for example, in my many talks about the needs around uh, uh, playgrounds and uh, wheelchair, wheelchair accessible, and I mean really inclusive uh, changing places, restrooms, that people just come to me after this presentation and they say, I never thought about that. I had no idea. And uh, to expect that people that have no idea about something to be supporters of your goal and your cause is almost uh, too far-fetched. You have to really educate people, explain, and then have, have, have them join your, I guess, uh, crusade, if I can call it this way. And for people that want to be allies of the disability community, that want to support, even in, if it is in the most kind of subtle way, to support families with children with uh, disabilities, I think the best place to start is by educating yourself, educating yourself, listening to either an individual that you're in touch with and understanding their story, their challenges, the points in which maybe the system failed them, and only then you can kind of like start doing your own research and see what it is that you can do to support uh, that family or this group or organization or whatever it is. Uh, knowledge is power in so many different uh, spaces in our lives. And also when it comes to advocacy and to becoming an ally, if you understand more and if you know more, it would be much easier for you to become a better supporter to the disability community. So I always recommend start with asking questions and really listening in and you'll discover maybe a whole world that you were unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is, it's, it's, you know, people have no, most people have no idea what people's lives are like at home, or they just know about disability from, from media, from TV, from movies. 
and it's um, the you know as you said education is so important asking questions and not and you're not going to be looked at um, I don't think by anyone as as ignorant or or obnoxious or arrogant if you ask a question because when we ask questions we are basically saying to someone I don't know and that's a vulnerable position to be in and don't confuse you know it's important not to confuse uh feeling ignorant with um with uh with simply wanting to 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 learn something that people will be very appreciative on the other end if you say i just you know i'm sorry i don't know or you can preface it with you know i'm sorry if, if it sounds ignorant but i've never you know i've never understood this i've never i've never been in this uh situation before so can you tell me and the other person you just you know i don't think i don't think most people would say no i'm not going to tell you or i'm not interested in sharing that information unless it's something very personal so um what are some ways that people can be allies um i think that a great way to be an ally is to take something that you have a passion about or something that you're interested in and think about but someone with a disability participate in this? And how can we make this activity or this event more inclusive? So one of the things, I'm on the people with disabilities community to the town of uh, Montclair, uh, where we advise, it's an advisory committee that helps the town council with issues related to disability for our town. And um, one of the things that we work on are festivals in our town. A lot of people um, want to make these festivals, want to attend festivals, but they can't because they have a disability. So because everyone enjoys a good festival, uh, the, the, uh, we, we're trying to find out ways to make them more accessible to people with disabilities. So one way to be an ally is to volunteer for those, for, for making those kind of festivals inclusive to a whole community by having, for example, an area where people can sit down. Typically in a festival, people are walking around and there's no place to sit, making a specific place for people to sit down, having drinks, um, you know, water available for people who might feel feel faint because or weak because of their disability if it's in the sun. Um, anything that could make an experience more inclusive is a way to be an ally and to volunteer in that capacity. But you know, starting from scratch, you might say, I don't know how to be an ally. Just take something that you enjoy and think, how can I make this more inclusive? Right. I think that uh, people in general, when it comes to like uh, maybe more tangible things like that, uh, they I want to challenge people with uh, thinking of themselves as going to places, whether it's a physical structure or it's an activity in the community, thinking, what would it feel like if I had with me someone who's a wheelchair user what would it feel like if I myself lost my vision and I had to enter this space with a white cane? What would it feel like if I couldn't really listen into the announcements on the, uh, I guess, uh, system in the airport? How would I get this information about my flight, etc.? And thinking about those things like brings your awareness a little bit higher up in terms of access in general. I think uh, a lot of the uh, the challenges that we have is that people really grew up in a very segregated society. People with disabilities were separated in the education system, 
And we don't, uh, many of us grew up without having those daily interactions with people with disabilities, and they don't quite uh, have the habit of thinking of those people. And I'm saying those people specifically here because it's kind of like an isolated group that is not a part of my life. But the reality is that disability is a family, as uh, Judy Human used to say, that is uh, very easy to get accepted into. You know, you you will in one point of or your of your life or another, by accident, might break a leg or and then need a, a wheelchair, or by uh, virtue of just uh, because we still have babies that are born with uh, odd genetical syn syndromes that we can't prepare for. You can one day find yourself in that family of disability. And if people start thinking of disability as a normal part of human existence, then they are able to maybe judge situation, judge places, judge activities through that uh, lens and ask questions. I feel that many times people go into a space and they don't feel comfortable asking about wheelchair accessibility because they themselves are not wheelchair users. But that doesn't matter. The owner of the venue doesn't know if you have a child or a parent at home that is a wheelchair user. If you have a friend or a community member or a neighbor that is, let's say, a wheelchair user, it's totally legit to come to a person who's running an activity and ask how about people with disabilities? How can they enter this activity? And by just asking that you made one more person aware of accessibility issues or inclusion, how would a person who's uh, cognitively um, different than the rest of the children here, how can they join into the activity? You ask the questions, you put something in someone's minds for the next time they run an event because if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. So please do bring about the conversation about inclusion and accessibility. And by that alone, you're becoming a better ally to the disability community. That's right. So what are some other ways? It doesn't have to be on these grand scales, being an ally, um, attending if you have board of education meetings in your town, talking um, and asking the board of ed members uh what are there is this class uh going to allow students who have disabilities all students to attend uh all of the events that have to do with with the with the with the class year you know during the year will all festivities be wheelchair accessible or have headphones for children who have sensory issues um having someone who does not have a child with a disability stating that i don't have a child with a disability but I would like my child who is uh, typical to be able to uh, share in these experiences with their neurodiverse friends or their children who have a different, different disabilities. That is so powerful to hear it from someone who is not in the disability community because it's showing that there are lots more people out in the world who, who care about people with disabilities and that people who have power need to make make everything accessible not just for a smaller population which isn't that small by the way because don't forget one in six children have a disability but that it matters to everybody so that going to board of ed meetings can be something going to town council meetings and asking uh iris and i both have a friend who is helping 
someone who has a child with a disability and who uses a wheelchair to um, she's finding out how the town can help make the sidewalks more even because they're very uneven from tree roots. And she's going to the town council asking, how can you, you know, we need to make sure that homeowners are making their sidewalks more level so that people don't have to ride, uh, put their child in a wheelchair in the street, which is dangerous instead of being on the sidewalk. And I'm sure you've, you've experienced that too, Iris, but um, the person taking that on does not have a child with a disability. She just thinks it's important that someone on her block should be able to have a safe ride in the wheelchair. That's being an ally, finding out from the family that this is something that's important um, and then taking action. Yes, I think that um, in general, the point that you were making about representing the disability community in town halls and in a board of education meetings is very important. But each family can also do their small fair share in inclusion by including kids with disabilities in their family events and celebrations. You won't even understand how many times kids with disabilities are not invited again and again and again to birthday parties. They can go through a full childhood without ever getting an invitation to participate in something that every other child takes for granted as a basic kind of experience in their childhood. So by teaching your children, and I understand like uh, my friend once told me, yes, but they're not very good friends with such and such. Of course, the children are not very good friends with such and such because there are so many different challenges uh, in communication and in participation. But if we as adults don't show our children how to make the effort to include how are we expecting the next generation to be inclusive? So even um, in, in your own kind of microcosmos of family unit, you can be more inclusive and demonstrate inclusion to your children. Absolutely. And you know, someone recently told me a very poignant story about how they had invited a child, um, they have a child with a disability and they invited another child who does not have a disability to their party. They had a great time at the party. And then about a week later, she saw that that very same child that they had invited had a birthday party. It was very clear from what was going on outside their house that she was having a birthday party and she had not invited the girl who had just invited her. So it's not a perfect there than that, uh, yeah. unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> there have been... Um, you know, I mean, on the part that wasn't invited to another one's part. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, we don't live in a perfect world where everything pans out perfectly. Maybe they had already had a limit to the number of people and they had already invited all those people to their party before they were invited to the other party. We don't know the background. However, it is so important to think about all of the children in your child's classroom and also to think, wow, and really think about what we're saying, which is that child might not be invited to all the parties that other kids are invited to, maybe the more popular kids. And I'm just gonna say it, make an extra effort to invite that person, even if they're not close friends, um, if it works out to, to invite them because a, a little bit of kindness goes a very long way and it's important. Yes, and now I want to kind of go back to one other point that you made, Alma, and that is that uh, Sometimes, you know, our causes cannot kind of be accomplished without the help of other people. 
And I want to say that to be an ally sometimes requires something as simple as putting your electronic signature on a petition that's going around. It's yes. sometimes as simple as just like copying and pasting a ready-made email and sending it to your uh, government representative. The efforts that, uh, th that are needed sometimes are really, really minimal. But I've found situations that, let's say, we had a petition going around about a wheelchair-accessible playground. And you're like, but my child is not a wheelchair user. I don't need to sign that. It's not relevant to my life. So let me stop you there. It is relevant to your life. It is relevant to your community. You never know who in your life or in your community might need such a playground. If we don't have people that are not personally affected by this, sign those petitions, our whole community loses. So please, if you see something that is disability related, understand that you need to take a moment of your time and just do the extra step. It would take you probably less than one minute to sign something like that. And you'll be doing a good deed and serving a lot of people that are sometimes left, especially when it comes to children with disabilities, left voiceless and as an adult please support those causes yes and you're reminding me about if if, if our audience does not yet know about uh the the advocacy that was done for a local playground in our town um there was a playground that was considered to be um wheelchair accessible uh universally uh what is it universal access playground and it turned out that some of the most of the play equipment was not um, accessible for all children. And an ally, someone who does not have a child with a disability, created a uh, petition. Yes, she 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 created this uh, this petition. She got it around, and lo and behold, the 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 town changed the equipment made it actually universally accessible. And this was, again, a person who does not have a child with a disability, but she's friends with people who have children with disabilities. And she said, this isn't right. This child that we know cannot play on this equipment. You need to change it. And it happened. So there can be successes. Um, and, you know, we all, we all need all the help we can get. Um, any marginalized community needs all the help uh, that we can get. So step in where you feel it's important. If you don't have that much time, pick a pick a cause um, to pick pick some event or some cause that has to do with disability that that really tugs at your heartstring. Maybe that you feel really needs to be changed and take action. I have one one more example that I I want to share with everybody. I'll, I did not know this, and I will imagine that uh, most people don't know that if two people who have disabilities get married, they lose uh, a lot of their benefits. And that means that they do not get married so that they can save all of their benefits. This is wrong on so many levels. And this has been on the books for forever, that you lose, your, you lose all of your benefits or some of your benefits if you get married. Because the assumption is that there are two incomes coming into the house. If you're going to be together in in one, you know, housing situation, but the truth is, people who have disabilities need all these services to 
to that it barely makes rent and it barely makes you know the ability to buy food possible. So this is actually something that a lot of people are fighting for and we need allies for that as well. Imagine if you couldn't get married, that if you were getting married, that half of your salary was going to go away because you got married. You wouldn't get married either. And you would miss out on having, you know, whatever you think about marriage, it's everybody's right to get married. And this simply cannot happen with two people who have disabilities without really suffering financially. So if that is talking at your heartstrings and you feel like, I can't believe that's actually true, get involved. There was a there was a rally in Washington, D.C. recently, but um, there are some really um, egregious things happening to people with disabilities, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Right, and I think uh, we need to remember that what is personal is political and vice versa, and the disability community is the largest minority group, and it's the one that is most discriminated against. And discrimination can comes in, come in the simplest form of denying access. And denying access can be as simple as having one step to enter your building. And by having that one step, you told anyone who's a wheelchair user, you cannot come in here. Mm -hmm. And those are big statements and things that we would not allow to happen to other minority groups. And yet the disability community has so many hurdles that still need to be kind of unsystemized and uh, so many things that we need to change in terms of uh, attitudes, approaches, and basic human rights that are being totally neglected when it comes to people with disabilities. So if you want to support parents of children with disabilities and if you want to support the disability community, uh, please kind of don't turn your uh, gaze the other way and educate yourself and do the very best or the very minimum that you can so you're not just a bystander and by that allow discrimination to continue. Mm -hmm. Great. And I just, before we end, I just wanted to uh, point out something else that comes out a lot, the concept of NIMBY, not in my backyard. And so when there was a universal access playground being built in New Jersey, somewhere, the, the people who lived around the playground were really uh, voting against it uh, or making a big stink that was making the, it, uh, the process way prolonged to get this approved because they were concerned that there would be a lot of traffic because a lot of people would be coming to the Universal Access Playground from other areas and it would cause a lot of traffic. I, that didn't sit quite well with me. <laughs> <laughs> to prolong the process and to to really be giving a hard time also when a group home for example is being um you know uh if, if a house is not zoned for a group home for adults with disabilities and people are fighting against it step back for a minute and think twice like wow these people do deserve to live these adults with disabilities they deserve to live in a nice neighborhood too so whereas you might have said oh i don't want that you know they might you know, you need to check your, your ableism at the door and think about, wow, well, why would I fight against that? Or why would I not explain to other people in the neighborhood why this might be a good thing to have children see people who have disabilities in the neighborhood? But this happens all the time, all around us. And there are lots of, there's lots of uh, rationalization that goes on there. Um, and it's, it's really important to, to really see what's going around. Just it's basically the idea of opening your eyes and ears 
um, imagining, as Iris mentioned, what if you had a child with a disability? Would you want them to be discriminated against and that they have to live in a maybe a bad neighborhood where the zoning is such that they could build a house there? So these are all things that, um, you know, it's all about education, opening ourselves up to to learning, to learning about the disability community. And if and you what listen, we're yeah. Sorry. If you listen to this episode until this point in time, I want to tell you that you have become an ally to the disability community because you already spend the time and energy listening in and hearing a little bit of our challenges. And if I can challenge you now to share this episode with one more person and make mm -hmm. them become an ally to the disability community, that would be phenomenal. One person, Iris, I think our listeners can send it to at least 10 people. Challenge accepted, Alma. Challenge accepted. Sure. And in that, uh, I guess, spirit, I want to ask you all, if you are not so subscribed yet to our newsletter, please visit our website, www.twomomsnofluff.com. I forgot that. And also, please give us a five-star rating on our podcast because that makes the podcast available to many more listeners. And this is important, not just to the disability community, but also to our allies. So right. thank you very much for joining us today. Alma, any words before we part ways? Just feel free to uh, comment uh, on our YouTube page from this episode or on our Facebook page, uh, Two Moms No Fluff Facebook page, ways that we haven't mentioned, ways in which um, people can become allies to the disability community, ways that friends and family members have become an ally to you and your family, or just if you're an ally, ways in which you have been an ally to the disability community. We always wanna learn more so that we can share more. Thank you, Alma, and thank you everyone thank that's you. listened in today to the new uh, listeners that joined us for the first time and the ones that have been in with us for more than two years. We love you all and thank you for your time and attention. Until next time. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it. Thank you.